Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston and Wayne Shepard ask the question, to medicate or not to medicate? Let's hear what they have to say. It's really funny how my perspective on the use of medication for a lot of these medical issues has changed. Has it? You know, probably about 20 years ago, I used to think that, you know, God's going to heal anything and everything in his own time. So we don't need to use meds that much. I mean, it's okay to take aspirin and, and antibiotics and such, but for the management of behavior, I just thought it was out of line. Now, that was 20 years ago. I've got to tell you, I have shifted 180 degrees on that hmm. because I think this culture and the way that kids live and the way that the world is affecting our kids, it has caused some of the problems. It's caused some medical issues that, that I think we've got to address, and it can be addressed through medical intervention, through the use of a doctor that can help us get to a better spot rather than just waiting for a child to get there on their own because in the process of getting there on their own, the behavior that they engage in may cause a lot more damage and and take a medical issue and make it an emotional issue or even mental illness. I have an email from a listener that really kind of sets up our topic today. This uh, parent says, my son has previously been diagnosed bipolar and ADHD. Now that the teenage years are upon us, he has fallen in with the wrong group of kids and begun self-medicating. I'm a single mom. It's impossible for me to be with him 24-7 or stay awake at night. I fear for his future. Yeah, you know, and you wonder, why is this child bipolar? Why is a child uh, ADHD? And, And let me just set up a couple of things that people have got to understand as we dive into this. One, I am not a medical doctor. You are not a medical doctor. So any, we're not giving any advice. We're giving a perspective, perhaps, on what... I have seen with kids that are on medication or are having behavioral problems. Okay, and I and I want to say that because based on your experience, based on my experience, and so I go for any medical uh, direction. I, I would tell you, don't lean on me mm-hmm. and don't lean on the internet. <laughs> lean on the the care of a medical doctor, a psychologist, or a psychiatrist that can that can steer you in the right direction. Because when you start dealing with medical issues, you need to go to a medical doctor. I tell people that. But people are always asking me what I think about different things and what I see. I realize there are many of these issues that we could talk about, but there are four or five that are at the top of the list, aren't there? There are. You know, kids come to us and we find that that a number of these issues are, are, are pretty predominant with kids today when they struggle. It's not just one issue. It's a number of issues. And it may be an emotional issue. It may be a medical issue, some traumatic happening. But somewhere they all come together. So you kind of have to divide it apart and say, okay, what do we need to treat medically? What do we need to treat emotionally? What do we need to treat relationally? Where are the academic problems? Where are the relational problems? Mm-hmm. Where are the family problems? But you know what? I mean, it's it's almost that you have to treat some things medically, and uh, and that's become very important. ADHD heads the list for just about everybody. It does. You know, I mean, we live in a in a culture where kids are spending less time in activity. 
and more time around a TV. They're spending less time in sports, less time being outside. And so the normalcy of that is that a child will, when they get outside, will be a little bit more hyperactive. Now, I mean, somebody says, well, wait a minute, how come we're diagnosing all these kids with ADHD or ADD, and it's because attention deficit disorder may be that they are so preoccupied with something else or they have so much energy stored up that they're showing the same symptoms as somebody else who has this diagnosis. It's still treated the same. Uh, and, and so it's important for families to know that 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 a child who is has a short attention span or is hyper, if you don't get medication for that child, they will probably, and I say this just out of my experience, mm-hmm. they will probably self-medicate. And somebody says, well, what will they do? Well, one, everybody knows that 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 a lot of the drugs that are coming to kids, prescription medication, are coming out of the household cabinets in their bathroom. And so I tell parents all the time, lock it up. They'll find something to do. But more times than not, when I meet with a child who has been, uh, who is ADD, the tendency is they're going to self-medicate in some way. The use of alcohol, the use of marijuana, that type of thing. Because they're doing it because they want to feel normal. They want to be able to sit still for a while. They want to be able to focus. They want to be able to go deeper in relationships. And what happens with ADHD, the the symptoms that we see are distractibility and, and irritability, poor concentration, hyperactivity, impulsivity, which is big, insomnia where they can't sleep. And I mean, there's just so much going on that that the symptoms may intensify when they hit the adolescent years. One problem leads to another. It really does. And so to not treat it means that your child will have more of a tendency to treat it themselves. Now, and I want to make sure that people understand that. A child desires to be normal. They want to fit in. They want to feel normal like other people do. A child does not enjoy being impulsive. They do not enjoy not being able to focus. They do not enjoy not being able to learn. And so when somebody says, hey, you can take this or do this, outside of a medical doctor and self-medicate, that may be the reason that they're doing what they're doing. It's because they're getting some effect out of it mm-hmm. and they feel like they can fit in. It's their coping mechanism. That's right. The kids that come to me that I talk to that, that smoke dope, you know, marijuana, what they are saying is, I'm either depressed, 95% of them are depressed, or they're wanting to feel normal. Now, when I understand that that's the motive behind their actions, then it changes my response to their actions. And so a wise parent says, you know what? We need to get some help. And so you go to a doctor and sit and talk with them and say, these are the symptoms, you know, and we need some help to get through it. With ADHD or any of these things we're going to talk about today, it's not like it affects just one area of their life. It affects everything they do. It affects School, everything. School, home, and everything That's in between. Right. That's right. You know, it shows up in academics because that is one area that is marked by a progress report and you get graded on it. Just about the only area that that happens. But it happens in relationships. These kids don't form as deep a relationship because they don't stay focused on one thing as long. You know, the other thing that I see with with attention deficit kids is that they'll do something wrong and they won't feel as much guilt for a period of time as somebody who doesn't have ADD. Hmm. It's because they, they do something wrong, they look at it and they go, well, I'm sorry. And 
and it's, it's over it's with my for ADD. them. That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, and they're not excusing the behavior. I think they just don't focus on a, on something for a long period of time. I see. And so what happens is a parent will say they just don't have a conscience. They're not remorseful. They they are they're not really sorry. They're just saying that. Well, no, it's the way that they're functioning. And whether it's a brain issue, a brain function issue, or it's because of the of of the setting and environment they're in. It, you still come to the same symptoms and you're going to have problems in all those areas. You know, adolescents are normally impulsive. When you have a child that doesn't think through and stay on task to think through what they're about to do in that behavior, then they're going to be even more impulsive yes. if they're ADD. Yeah. Parents, you've got to get it treated and and quit worrying about, well, too many people are treated for ADD. and so many. If you've got a child that's showing those symptoms, do something because if not, your child will do something that will take them down a path that you don't want them to go and they don't want to end up. It literally is their future that you're messing with. It is. It is. You know, and and you've got to do something now. All right. Number two on the list. Asperger's syndrome. 20 years ago, people didn't know about this. It's a form of autism, but it's a child that just doesn't have the ability to, to function in a normal setting. They may be great in verbal skills, but there's something that's not connected. You mean with people? It's with people. It's with any situation that comes up. It's with a, uh, there's just their way of thinking. Something gets limited. It's a developmental disorder. It makes them hard to interact with other people. They lack coordination sometimes. They don't understand social norms. Um, and they may only have a few interests. Have you seen a lot of this? We haven't seen a whole lot, but we've seen enough. I mean, when you've seen one, you've seen a lot. Uh, you know, and even at Heartlight where we take kids in, we would only take one kid with Asperger's at a time because they will wear you out. Mm. I mean, and and so to not treat it medically, there needs to be some help that way. And there are some medications that a psychiatrist can steer you to or a doctor can steer you to to get you help. If you can take a medication that will help control behavior, then you won't be as worn out and your child won't be as frustrated. You have to remember these kids that, that have some of these disorders and these difficulties, they don't like having them either but they don't understand why they do. And so it's very frustrating when they don't get help. They will get help somewhere. So if they're an extreme loner at school, uh, lacking confidence, those are some of the symptoms it, perhaps? It could be, but it, it usually, you know, with Asperger's syndrome, it's it's more that they just can't interact, they can't engage, and you're going to see it early on in their okay. life. Right. You know. Dads. You love your teens, and you're doing everything to show them. But sometimes, it still doesn't feel like enough. You're busy and short on time, sacrificing a lot as it is, but you still feel like you run out of time for what really matters. A Devotional for Dads is the perfect book to help remind dads of life's biggest priorities and help them show their wives and kids how much they really matter. A Devotional for Dads is full of short, poignant, thought-provoking devotionals that give a biblical perspective of who a dad is supposed to be. It's more than just advice. It's a reminder of just how important dad's role really is and how much he matters. Get your copy of A Devotional for Dads at parentingteenresources.org, either for yourself or as a gift for the dad in your life who loves and cherishes his kids.
Uh, we've talked about ADHD and Asperger's syndrome. We need to talk about bipolar disorder, depression, and ODD, oppositional defiant disorder, Mark. How much of this is developmental and how much is environmental? You know, I would tell you, I don't know. You know, because what we look at is the symptoms. There are times that somebody is symptomatically displaying the same behavior because of the environment as somebody who is displaying the behavior because it's a developmental issue. Meaning this, that somebody may be very depressed, but it may be an environmental situation. It may be a result of post-traumatic stress syndrome, or it may be because somebody was raped or sexually abused, and so they're depressed. And so as you help them work through those issues, they come out of their depression. Their depression may look like a lifelong disease of manic depressiveness, you know, or bipolar. You still treat it the same way. What it means is that the diagnosis may be one thing, but the prognosis may be different. Hmm. What is considered a lifelong problem may not be a lifelong problem, and you find that out along the way. We've had several young people that we've been told have a personality disorder. A personality disorder with kids cannot usually be diagnosed until they're 18 to 20 years old. This is an inability to function with other people their age, a lack of understanding of rules and consequences, uh, an unwillingness or the appearance of an unwillingness to engage in a healthy way in relationships. So they move to a lot of unhealthy ways to gain that attention and to build that self-esteem. Okay, well, it's hard to diagnose. You still treat it the same, but what we have found is that as we deal with a lot of these issues with kids, they don't really have personality disorders. It looks like it. They have an environmental problem that once we help them change their way of thinking and maybe change the environment and love them through it and, and get them on the other side as we straighten out other problems that they have, they don't really have a personality disorder. And somebody would say, is it a misdiagnosis? And I would, I mean, I would say, no, it's not. You call it as you see it and you treat it as if it was. And then if you get through it, you just say, you know what? Thanks be to God that we got through this yeah. thing. And so my point in all of it, now these are observations. Yeah. Again, my, get professional help. My degree is in finance with emphasis in real estate investments. <laughs> oh, that'll help. <laughs> That's right. But after 35 years of dealing with kids and working with kids that have been diagnosed as different things and seeing them, these are just my reflections. Please, you know, you have got to follow the orders of a medical doctor when you deal with medical issues. Don't go on my advice. I'm just reflecting my experience with kids and what I see. This deserves much more time, but just say a brief word about bipolar disorder. You know, it's it's usually high highs and low lows in emotions. And you see somebody that's at the top of the world, and I mean, 10 minutes later, they are you know, uh, as low as a grasshopper's belly, as we'd say in East Texas. I mean, In Death Valley, right. (laughs) It is, and you'd see them sky high one minute and low the next. I mean, it is bipolar because they move to polar extremes. They're they're at one place or another place. And usually there is something, you know, in in their chemical imbalance that's going on. And so medication can be given to just flatten that out. So it flattens a person a little bit so they're not as high and they're not as low. How does that differ from depression? Well, I mean, depression, I mean, I, I, I can't answer that question totally, but, but there are bouts of depression with bipolar, definitely. Depression is, is, is almost constant, you know, that, that a child just can't function. They, 
things turn dark. You see changes in their behavior. They don't want to do things that they used to do. They don't like the things they used to do. They they have kind of a uh, a mentality that that there's no hope. They feel like th- there's an overwhelming sadness. There's anxiety. Um, they withdraw from people. And I mean, what happens in that depression is kids will try to get out of it on their own. They'll do things to make them feel better and be happy. Folks, let me tell you, if you don't treat depression, your child will treat it himself. Mm. I mean, that's just hands down. If you don't get your child's depression treated, they will handle it themselves. And so I I wouldn't want to risk that at all. The minute that I feel a child is depressed, I'm going to take them in and make sure they get some medications that's going to help them along to ensure that what happens brings them to a point where they can think through their actions and get them to a better place. This is not an exhaustive list today, but finally, as we have time here, ODD, Oppositional Defiant Disorder. That's right. You know where a child is just going to be obstinate, stubborn, and... and, uh, You see this. Oh, all the time. All the time. And and kids come to us with that diagnosis, and, and they come in mad. I mean, what we see most of the time is we change the environment they live in, we bring hope to the situation, and we see that that calms down. But there are some kids that they just get worked up. Their adrenaline gets pumping, and they couldn't stop it if they wanted to. Hmm. Usually medication helps control that. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit ParentingTodaysTeens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit HeartlightMinistries.org. If this podcast has been helpful to your family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.